one. What's up, everybody? My name is Danny, and thank you so much for joining the light side today. Today, we have one of my good friends, fellow competitors, and just all around, she's like my hero. Her name is Jody Bohm, and I'm so excited to welcome her today. She is an IFBB women's physique pro and an IFBB fitness pro. She's a contest prep coach, um, and she's also coming out with a really cool course that we'll talk about later. So, Jody, welcome. Hi. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes. <laughs> I'm just as excited as you. Yay. <laughs> I, I will match your energy. Beware. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, and I, so I just finished my Conscious Champion Masterclass and Jody was a big part of it. Um, she was kind of like my springboard at times. She was a guest speaker at times. She jumped in, in to our conversations with these beautiful mindset pieces about affirmations and about visualization. So I was like, I have to have you on here and get you out to the world and all of my listeners. So I want to just first start off with you. Where, what is the story of Jody like? I met you at the Olympia, so, but I know there was a whole story before that. So can you like fill me and everybody else in? It's actually funny when I met you, I was like major fangirl. I was like, oh my God, there's Danny. I was like so scared to even say hi. And I was sitting on the floor looking up at you and I just saw you with Ian and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And as soon as I got up, this is kind of funny. I got up to go say hi and then you got distracted and turned to talk to someone else and I was like <gasps> and then I just started talking to Ian I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> it was kind of the funniest thing so I'm like it's Danny and I finally got the nerve to say hi and then you turn around I'm like damn it oh my god we did talk and it was funny so anyways like yep that's when we met um but where with the story of Jody? I guess it all started I was a gymnast since I was like seven and then got into bodybuilding when I had to retire because back then 17 was apparently really old for a gymnast right so it got kind of got pushed out of gymnastics and started weightlifting to just stay in shape. Um, and that's when I got like introduced to Mindy O'Brien and got introduced to the sport of fitness and just like instantly fell in love. Um, so that's basically straight up history there. Um, that's, that's it. How I got into physique, we'll come back to like the details of that, but how I got into physique was through, um, 2012 Olympia. I tore my ACL really bad. I like destroyed my knee. And then my comeback was just trying to build backup muscle, which I got, but then couldn't yet do any skills with the injury and then just got into physique. And then finally, was it just two or three years ago, I started being able to do gymnastics again and now I'm back to fitness. So there's a quick brief history of me. Amazing. And how long have you been competing? Ooh, um, so there was 18. So we're going on 15 years, 15 <sighs> years. Competing. Oh, wow. It, and, you, and you started off in fitness. Yes. Yeah. I was 18. Okay. Yeah. In fitness for sure. Mm -hmm. Ah, that is so, that is so cool. And it's so amazing to see you just go back to the Olympia year after year and just crush it. And I, so many people that I've talked to and I've posted about you and they're like, oh my God, you and Jody working together. That's like two superheroes. So people love you for so, and I just, I mean, I know why, cause I'm kind of your friend, but <laughs> now looking at it from an outsider, like so many people love you and look up to you for all that you've done. So, um, just, thank you for that and being who you are in the industry, because I, I think we can both agree that it needs more people like you, like just happy, go lucky, happy to be here. Yeah. And of course we like, I'm always showing the happy, like we all have two sides of everything, but like, it's, it's the authenticity and the honesty and like just trying to stay real in the industry, which is extremely hard, but that's like my definite main goal is whatever you see is fact is real me. So <laughs> that's all. Oh, that's great. And we're actually going to get into a little bit of the social media and living in our truth and stuff like that a little bit later. Um, first, I want to 
I kind of want to unpack some mindset stuff. Um, and, and I know being a gymnast, it's very much in your mind as well. So mm. yeah, like, can we talk a little bit about maybe even the parallels between being a gymnast and being a bodybuilder? Mm. It's everything. I think being a gymnast is literally shaped exactly who I am today, especially being such high level. Like I had the crazy Romanian coaches where like I cried every day and to me that was normal. Not that they made me cry, but it was like those, like, I just wanted it so bad and the discipline and like how hard the session was. Like, I think I cried every day, but it's like, I would do it 10 times over. It's just like the, the discipline and learning your purpose and who you are and like how bad you want it. And I think I, I had that from day one with gymnastics. I, I know I did. Um, even little things like learn, learning my mindset back then, even example, I was, I was high level, national level, and there'd be certain sessions where my coaches wouldn't say a word to me, like not a word. They just like, tell me what to do. And like, there'd be a four or five hour session and they just watch me and watch me. And I would just keep redoing it, redoing it, just hoping they'd say something like, okay. So then in my mind, it's like, well, am I doing good or am I doing bad? But in my head, I'm like, no, I know I'm doing good. I'm going to make sure they look at me like I'm working hard and I'm disciplined and I'm always trying. That's all I wanted. They know I'm trying. And it's just funny because a lot of the other girls would, if they did that to them, they would freak out. Like, oh, I think it's because I'm doing bad or it's because I'm not doing good enough or like they don't like me and they'd break down. It's like, the, so they created like this really strong mindset in me too. Is like, I don't need, um, not the word reassurance. What's the word I'm looking for? Hmm. Like validation? From yeah, validation, exactly. It's like, which, which is great, but you should have your own personal validation, which I always created for myself. It's like, they're not saying something because I'm trying and that's all I can give them. I'm trying my best and they know that. So yeah, I definitely started through that and even through bodybuilding. Um, same thing. Like if I just always got to push myself, if I come first or last, I don't care. In a sense, yes, I care if I'm last, but I know that I put in the efforts and whatever the outcome is, is what it is. So <laughs> oh, that's such a good way to look at it. And even just knowing that you're trying, like what a beautiful thing to bring. I mean, with gymnastics, totally. Uh, and then even with bodybuilding and I know with gymnastics, you actually do get like placements too. So it's like, even if you got third place, but you know, you put all your effort in and you know, you really tried and did your best and dieted your best. Um, it, it still feels kind of like a win if you let it. Oh, always. Right. Like if you don't let that placement draw you down into the depths of like, and third place is still amazing, but some people are like, oh, I didn't win. I got last basically. And so they just like, no, and losses really are wins. <laughs> it's like, you got to learn from it and grow from it. And actually like, why did, why did I lose? Even if it's second place, it's like, why did I lose? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've of course had my moments where I'm like, I should have won. And I was angry and like, Ugh. we all get like that. Like, and mm -hmm. I have been bitter. I have mm -hmm. compared myself to the girl that beat me, which is so stupid. But of course I've done it like side by side and done the whole like, man, they shouldn't have beat me. But in the end, once I calm down, it's, it always comes back to like, yes, they should have beat me. And this is why. And it could have been something easy as I stepped on stage without confidence. Maybe I might, maybe my body was better. And that's why in my head I should have won, but I walked out and presented differently. I, I had a, a negative feeling and that's why I lost. And in the end, when you sit back and you really evaluate yourself, you realize, you know, <laughs> you didn't deserve that spot and how come and now grow from it. Yes. And that's huge. And, 
and one of the biggest things with bodybuilding, I think one of the biggest lessons I've been taught is how to lose. Like we lose our way to the top. You don't, <laughs> very rarely do you like win, win at nationals, win a pro show, now you're at the Olympia, go for it. It's like very rarely does that happen. So I feel like you almost have to learn to lose. And, but it, I, I say lose with not a lot of weight to it because it's, it's all going into your perfect formula. So hopefully you're asking yourself the same questions when you get second place as when you get first place. It's like, okay, also, why did I win? Because it's like, uh, it's all going into your perfect formula and sometimes some things you take and some things you leave. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like that's a huge point too is, oh no, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I really had a good point there, but it's like, if I, there's has been times where I am on top and I am winning, but I'm actually upset about it because not to say the competition wasn't there, but like there was, there was nothing to drive me or push me or there's like, I, I, I won almost by default in a sense. And a true champion hates that. Like, yes, I won, but I'm actually mad that I won because I didn't get pushed. And I was actually in this situation recently. I won't say who or what or what happened, but it's like, I was on top of what I was doing for so long that it was starting to get almost boring and annoying that I was always trying to like get everyone else below me to come up and like I'm always the one on top and, and that sounds like not a bad problem to have but it's it's frustrating it's like because I'm never now being taught I'm not being taught anything I'm, I'm the teacher I'm not being pushed to be better because I am the best and I'm not saying this in a cocky way at all it's like it's, it was just the situation I was in and finally I got like taken out of that and I got put into this situation where it's like, I'm maybe in the middle or closer to the bottom right now. And it's, I love it. Like, I'm just like climbing my way up and I'm looking at them. Like, I want to, I want to be better. I want to improve and I'm not the best anymore. And that's actually an amazing feeling. And I think any champion actually likes that. So, oh my gosh, oh, there was so much in there. And I actually, we, I had a mastermind call the other day and we talked about like reaching for the top and some people just really like to strive. I'm one of those people. I like to strive. I kind of like to be at the bottom starting new. I'm like a sponge, give it to me and I'll succeed. And then, and I don't know, maybe this is what happened with me in the Olympia. Like I got there and I got second and I was like, okay. <laughs> and I, I'm sure there were many other things, but it was in that striving and in wanting to get there that I was kind of like, that was like kind of what lit me up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I also want to comment on the thing that you said about sometimes champions don't um, like love to win if they weren't, if they weren't pushed. I was just writing this lesson in the course yeah. about how I won an overall, my only overall I've ever won in my bodybuilding career. And I'm pissed that I won it because I had already qualified for nationals. I should not have been in that show. My coaches did it. Everybody, all my whole team was, were in there. Everybody was in that show. So I entered, I won, I won the overall and I felt like I had taken somebody's placement away. And mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't think I understood entering into the show, the severity of that until I actually was handed that overall trophy. And I was like, Mm -hmm. And like, I don't even deserve this right now. Like she, I should go give this to her. So that was a big, huge lesson for me. And like, not yeah you know, not well, that's, that's proof and you see that a lot in the amateur shows like they've done nationals but yet they're going back to level one to collect another trophy it's like good for you you're gonna win and whatever but like why are you doing that like what's your real purpose and they clearly just love having the win and they like feeling like they're on top but they don't they don't enjoy the climb because they know that if they actually went for the next level went for the pros they'd then be on the bottom and they can't handle that so it's like true champions i think like i like losing not in like a I don't want to lose, but I enjoy it. I like learning. That's like getting into like my injuries. Like I've, I've been knocked down to like from the Olympia back to, I didn't think I was ever going to walk again at one point. Like 
but I use that to like my benefit. So not, not that I was paralyzed. I overdramatic. That was overdramatic. <laughs> I was going to walk again, <laughs> but I literally was like bedridden for like three months straight and had to relearn how to walk. But anyway. Well, let's talk about that. Let's go into the injuries a little bit now since we're there. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to talk about your injuries uh, and like what happened, what set you back. And I know being fitness, you're tumbling, you're using your body so much more than any other fitness athlete or, you know, physique athlete. Um, and then what was the mindset like? And then coming back, like, I think you said one time in one of our classes that your quad was as big as your bicep mm, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's funny. I was just talking about this. So it's like, it was tiny. It atrophied so bad. So it was at the 2012 Olympia, just a few days before the show it was my final practice. I shouldn't have done it. Like I was exhausted and I was depleted, but in my head, I'm like, I have to do this. And I went for like a certain flip when I was like, my body wasn't ready to do it. And I just landed and twisted really bad. Um, that's when it, like I, I partially tore my MCL, both, both meniscus, MCL, ACL, PCL, like the whole knee, like partial tear. And then it was like a few weeks later, I tried to, well, I competed twice with my knee like that and then completely tore it. So <laughs> yeah, I competed at the Olympia with a torn knee. And then this past Olympia, I competed at the Olympia with a broken ankle. So I'm really good at competing broken. Anyways, getting back to, <laughs> getting back to that. Um, yeah, my injuries, it's like, it was, that was 2012. And I got knocked out until 2016. I think it was my next show after that. Um, but yeah, my leg atrophied so bad. It was about 15 inches around my quad, like the biggest part of my quad. And that's tiny, if you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, relearned how to walk and uh, got into the weightlifting again. And how do I how do I get into the mindset of that? Some people like I did. I went from the Olympia, got knocked down to not knowing if I'd ever compete again. And part of me, yes, I went through like a depression phase, of course. Like I wonder what's going to happen. But a big part of me was re-excited again. I was excited about something because I now have so much room to improve. I have so much more to prove. It's like so. I take injury as, yes, I got knocked down a peg. And if I was here and I got knocked down here, now now climbing back up to where I was is such huge progress compared to like some people see it as they got knocked down. And when they get back to where they were, they're now just beginning. Like they're back to where they started. And I, I just don't see it that way. It's like I, I can see in just three months I progressed this much, even though I'm still below where I was, I've progressed. And now I'm going to get back to the top and like that climb back to the top is going to have so much more meaning and just so much more like, I don't know, help others get through it too. You got to change your mindset. So even though you've fallen, it's like, be excited to get back to where you were because that's not your, once you get back to where you were, you're going to be 10 times stronger mentally, physically, everything. Mm -hmm. So you have progressed. <laughs> if I'm, I hope I'm explaining that correctly. Yeah. But you definitely are. And even when you come back, it's like you have a little bit more gratitude maybe for where you are. Like you're like, wow, like I just had to come relearn all of this again. And like you telling me that you learned how to walk, you had to learn how to flip and had to learn how to do all of the other fitness things that, that come after walking. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. also get back into that. That's insane. Yeah. I have some funny videos where I'm like, I got to balance on my one foot for like three seconds and I was so excited. I'm like, look it. And I was just showing everyone, I'm like, I'm standing on one leg. And it was just <laughs> the most exciting thing when like some people might start crying. So like, I'm only standing on one leg. Like there's like, you gotta, you gotta get out of your own head and like create excitement for yourself. And the, the better your mindset is, the faster your body heals, which people don't 
realize as well. That's all, that's a whole other topic. I have so much to talk about with this stuff, but you got to remember like in your positive mindset or your excitement mindset, your body will heal faster. Your mind will heal faster. You'll actually progress much quicker because you're excited about it. So you mentally want to do more. Whereas if you're frustrated about standing on one leg, you're going to be stuck at that spot for a long, long time. And your body's not going to want to heal because your mind doesn't care to heal. So everything is mindset. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. And when you're down there and you're feeling frustrated, I feel like the universe just gives you more things to be frustrated about. So like attracts like. So if you're are grateful, like if you're grateful and excited, well, guess what? You're going to get more things to be grateful and excited about if you can just keep your... And I love the the excitement of standing on one leg. Like I really hope people take that into consideration or maybe people who tear a pec or tear a shoulder, like there's another year you can build that back up. Like you've done this before and it's just keeping your mind strong and not letting it. It's almost like not letting it go down into the, the depths of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it just happened to me at the past Olympia too. So just, just this past September, yeah. um, I tore my ankle like really badly. It was massive black and blue. This is just two weeks before I somehow still got my heels on and got on stage and did my posing. I made first call outs and everything. But then when it went to the routine round, it just like, it hit me like, don't be stupid. Don't screw it up. And I was going to do it. Like I was ready to try. And then, but then I talked to Bob Ciccarello and he's like, just come out on stage and just tell everyone what happened. I'll still let you come on stage. And as soon as he said that, I could just feel this weight lifted. And I was like, okay, there was like this purpose that like, I'm at the Olympia. There's no way I'm not getting on stage. Like I have to. So the fact that he at least let me come on and just tell my story was all I needed. I got to talk to people and like, and I got so much more respect for that in the end compared to when, if I went on stage and just like half-assed it just to do it compared to me going out and saying, I, I can't do this. I got a lot more respect for that. So that's the big thing too. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's even braver than competing and then, then like tearing your whole knee. Right. It's like, it's even braver to go up there and say, as much as I want to do this right now and I'm tan and I'm ready, <laughs> yeah. I actually physically can't. Yeah. Wow. That, that takes hard, a lot. I'm, I'm so glad I didn't try. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't try. Yeah, I've done that before. Yep. That's the other thing too, is like realizing so much growth, like when you, uh, I'm losing my track of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's, that's fine. It's all positive, I, all it's positive. All positive things. They're just, <laughs> um, I actually do have a question around that. So, I, I mean, we're going to talk about visualizing to win, but what about visualizing to heal? Was there any processes that you went through where you like saw yourself and your leg back to like what it looks like? And oh, what was God. that like? That's a, that is a hundred percent how I heal everything. And people might think I'm crazy. And when I try to tell other people to heal this way or visualize it, it's, it's hard for people to understand, but I'll lay in bed and even put on like a meditation tape. For example, I had this one that was going through the seven chakras and it's like, picture oh, yeah. this color here, this color here. But every time I was picturing that color, I was sending that color and light to my ankle or to my knee. And I was just like healing it. And I was like, just sending all this energy and love to that body part. And just like, not even just that, but actually visualizing what it feels like to move the way it did. What does it feel like to touch it the way it used to feel like actually get your mind and body to connect to what it was and where you want it to be. And it will actually do that because like your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and thoughts. Um, again, that's a whole other topic, <laughs> but if you can like visualize your fingers moving back and forth, 
your brain waves and your body's actions don't do anything different. Your brain doesn't do anything different thinking about it versus actually doing it. So if you can mentally visualize a skill or visualize healing, your body is trying to do that. So I don't know. Hopefully that makes sense to everyone. <laughs> you do have to visualize. You have to see, smell, feel, think everything you want it to do, everything you think your body should do, and it will get there. Yes. So. Just like if we're winning, like, just like if we want to visualize the win on stage, visualize yourself healthy and healing and like put, like energy goes where your attention is or whatever the saying is, but mm -hmm. basically the, you know, what you focus on, it will, it will happen. And if you're focusing on never walking again, like that could have very easily, you could, your, your career could have been done after that, but you didn't see that. Like you saw yourself back on stage and doing everything that you used to. You didn't see yourself throw, you know, throwing the towel and be like, ah, whatever, I'm just onto something else now. Yeah. You can't believe in the negative thoughts or your body will follow the negative thoughts. It's so true. It's like that story where like people talking into a glass of crystals. And if you talk nice, like you're a beautiful glass of water. And then you say to the next glass of water, you're an ugly piece of crap. And you put it under a microscope. It's like, it's true. The one water that you talked nice to is actually blue and beautiful and crystally. You put the other one under the microscope and it's literally has like black in it. I know that sounds crazy, but it's, it's fact, it's science. It's the way you're, you give energy creates energy. It's like your thoughts, your mind, everything works like that. So yeah. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just a transfer. It's just like a movement. Like we're literally just moving energy around. And I love that you brought that up. And there's, have you seen it done with rice? No, I don't think so. It's really cool. So I think it's called Dr. Emoto. I might be saying that name wrong, something like that. Um, Hashimoto is a disease. I think it's Dr. Emoto. <laughs> um, but basically he did the same experiment with rice with one box. He like talked and I think it was cooked and he put it in Tupperware and he's like, I love you. You're awesome. Thank you. Rice. The other one, he was like, I hate you. You're ugly, whatever. And then the third one he ignored. And <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think the ignored one rotted the fastest. The one that he said, I love you didn't change. And the one in between that, the I hate you rice was like, actually did start to rot and turn a color, which I thought was crazy. And I really wanted to redo that experiment. Um, yeah. And they did this with music too. And when they did it with music, that was incredible to me because they played music to this water and froze it. And, you know, there's all different kind of beautiful universal frequencies A five, three, uh, what is it? Five, two, eight, four, three, two, these universal love frequencies. So they played it and froze the water and it's this beautiful snowflake crystalline structure of just amazing. And then they played this other music that was like metal. Well, yes, not that metal. metal's bad yeah. death, but it was like, <laughs> I hate life. And, <laughs> and then that froze like a big hole. It was like a cave of ice that was like, Ooh, <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's just how powerful, like what we listen to, what we think, like the vibrations that hit us, even from the outside world, like what we smell, what we see, what we taste, what we hear is all, yes. you know, yes. 100%. 100%. Oh, this is a topic I just love. <laughs> it I right it. forever. There's so many things, but yeah, your your mind, your body, your soul, like it is. And yes, to to answer everyone's question out there, this is related to bodybuilding. It really, really is. <laughs> what can your body do is what your mind believes it can do, and that's that's all there is to it. It's not going to achieve anything you truly don't believe in. And you can say that you believe in something all you want, but if even in the back of your mind you're you're talking negative or don't believe it, it's not happening. So you have to do like self-talk and self-belief, self-happiness. <laughs> yes. And yes, that's bodybuilding related. 
Totally. And it, bodybuilding can teach us that. So even when you're done bodybuilding, you can take this lesson of belief and of vibration and of visualizing into whatever's next. Like even into your business, I'm sure you can use all of these tools that you've learned with gymnastics, with bodybuilding to make you a successful coach and like entrepreneur. Oh, hundred percent. All related. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. How can I relate it there? <laughs> well, like even like seeing your bank account, right? It's like, or even seeing like the number of clients that are coming in and seeing your course all completed and visualizing some things that we don't see yet. They're not actually here in real time yet. Um, that's something for me, like now leaving bodybuilding and going into business and putting my energy here, I'm doing the same shit. I'm trusting in the process of whatever I'm doing, whatever my coach is telling me, I'm like, you know what? Good. In a year, hopefully I'll be making six figures. I'm just going to trust you like I did with my coach in cardio. Um, and then even trusting in myself to like do the work that needs to be done and believing in myself that I'm capable of being at the Olympia, of being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. No, definitely have the belief. So like, and I, I believe my mindset and my belief in myself is the reason like I am a four-time Olympian in two different categories and like I like when I say that out loud I'm like wow that's actually that's actually great I mean I don't look at myself like anything unreal or anything but like that's that's great and I think that's because I do have what I I don't know I can connect everything whether it's mind muscle connection body awareness discipline over motivation um I can visualize in every possible way the see feel touch all of that and all of that's important like I was telling you before, it's like if one of those is missing, like that would be the reason an athlete isn't getting to the top. Like you're, you're missing one of those things, whether it's visualization, mindset, belief, uh, just the mind-muscle connection, random negative thoughts, all that stuff. That is the only way you're getting to the top is by connecting them all. So can you go a little deeper into those? So you, I think you, you said the five senses of an Olympian. Yeah. Uh, can you like, I love that. I'm way in. Can you like pick that apart a little bit? It's like how, like it, and how do you do it? Hmm. How do I do it? Yeah, it's funny. I was right before our call, I just kind of like threw it in my head. I'm like the five senses of an Olympian is what I think, like who I am or what I believe in. And it is number one visualization, especially as a fitness athlete or even as a gymnast or any athlete. I visualize myself getting on stage. I can hear Bob Ciccarello's voice. I can see the audience. I can hear Sandy Williams saying quarter turn to the right. Like I can hear it. And I can, so it's like when I get on stage, I'm, I'm just reliving it. I'm not actually doing it. I'm reliving it. And I've already saw the outcome, whether, of course, things change. And I do visualize the negatives as well. I do visualize possibly slipping in my heels or missing a hand because if that does happen, you're prepared for it as well. I mean, don't visualize the negatives too, too much, of course, but they do have to be there. You have to be prepared for everything. The stage might be carpet when you thought it was going to be wood floor. You got to be prepared. Um, so visualizing in every sense, I'll even get pictures of the stage before I go on and like, make sure I see the stage. I know the stage, I know where the speaker's going to be like everything. So that's one big thing. And not even that it's, um, like I said, all the senses so I can see it, but I can feel it. And I know a lot of, a lot of top athletes, and I know you're one of them is just, just by closing your eyes, I'll start to cry. It's like, whoa. And like, you almost like snap out of it. It's like, why am I crying? It's because you truly believed you were there. In my mind, like, that actually happened. I just won the Olympia. I'm, I'm crying. And then I snap out of my own um, um, head there. And, and I don't know, you just, you, you make it real. You make it real. And again, even the feeling, like, I can lay here and not move my body, but in my head, I can feel myself flexing my quads, my hip flexors. I can feel what it's like in my heels. 
I can feel it. So you not only have to see it, you have to smell it, taste it, all that stuff. And it's so important to have all of it. Um, yeah, again, just relive instead of just like hoping for the best, make it happen for real in your mind and then relive it. So that's one big one. Um, after that is all like the secondary stuff would be like the mind muscle connection, the proper body awareness and all that is like stupid important too, is like, I believe if you can, you have to be able to pose and flex your muscle properly in order to train properly in order to grow properly or to perform properly. Um, if you don't have the body awareness, you might just be thrown weight around and yes, you might grow, but it doesn't mean you're, you're perfecting the movement or perfecting your, your body's symmetry in a sense. Right. So even that counts. Um, and then like the last like few little senses would just be like knowing your real purpose. Why are you competing? Um, are you doing it for the medal? Are you doing it to inspire others? Are you doing it uh, just for your own personal growth? Me, it's, it's for my own personal growth. It's like, what can I do? It's like, I need to prove to myself or I just have this, I know what I, I'm capable of and I want to make sure I get there. And of course, inspiring others and helping others. Like I could care less whether it's first or last because I think even the top athletes could place last and they're still the number one athlete that could inspire others or motivate others, even though they got last. It's because it's, it's the heart they put into it. It's the effort they put into it, the way they, their, their purpose is inspiring, not the first place. I've seen Mr. Olympia's win and they're just, they're not looked at like, I mean, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I shouldn't say that out loud here, but you know what I'm saying? Winners, winners sometimes are looked like frowned upon because of their purpose behind it. So you got to have the right purpose too, to inspire and help, not just be selfish in your winnings too. Yes. So yeah. And then believe in yourself. Number five, <laughs> believe it. <laughs> oh, that's, and that's, that might even be like the biggest one or like the underlying kind of, that's even like, I think under your purpose, that's under the, that's how you train, like believing in your, like, why would you train hard if you don't believe you're actually going to win that thing? But if you believe you have a real shot at winning the Olympia, you better freaking believe that it's going to be the hardest training prep that you've ever done. Like it's, you go to a different place. Cause you're like, I literally have a shot at this thing. And sometimes that is that, that can be the missing link between a second place and a first place. The, mm -hmm. the belief is and like, why even try, really ask yourself, like, do I believe I can, uh, I can achieve this? Because if you don't, why would you put yourself through the dieting and the prep just to be disappointed when you get second or last if you don't believe right. it? Right. And whether it's even because of, and you don't need to believe you're going to win a pro show too, because a lot of people get their pro cards and be realistic. You might not be an Olympian athlete. That's okay. But you yeah. can look at yourself as, I believe I can get first call out and get fifth place. If that's a win to you, believe it. And like a fifth place, a first call out is such a win. You don't need to win. You find what your win is and find that purpose and your goal and your strive is even an eighth place. Like that could at a pro show at New York pro show. Imagine you got eighth place at the New York pro. Good for you. Like and yeah, yeah. that you can, you can do that and be realistic with yourself. Right. So like if you're not a first place athlete, that's okay too. But your first place is eighth. Believe in that and train for that. Yes. So yeah, you have to, yeah, the belief is everything hundred mm -hmm. percent. So, and it's true. It's like, I've had days where it's like, well, I don't think I can win. And just like during that session is like, I naturally give up two sets, two reps earlier. I, I'm like, okay, well just the back of your mind doesn't think you're going to win. So what, what's the purpose of the extra two reps? Yes. 
So it was like, if I'm going to win, you're like, you're not putting that weight down, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And we all have those days. Even if I believe I'm going to win, I will have a day where I don't think I can. And hey, that's part of the climb, right? (laughs) So yeah, that's all part of it. And I love, and I thought about this term when I was competing, stay in the belief. So some days, you know, kind of try to stay there, even when like, maybe your weight doesn't drop right away, or, you know, things don't happen perfectly. It's like staying in the belief, even when the moments get hard. I think that's when it really matters. Cause it's easy to believe when your weight is dropping off and you look amazing and like, you don't have any injuries. It's like, that's when the belief is easy, but can you believe when it's hard? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. I just thought of like five things there. Now I lost it again. I warned you. I warned you. I quickly lose my train of thought because I have so much going on in here. (laughs) I wrote it down. We're similar. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it was like about business, even, even like self-talk. So we can almost like bodybuilding business, like Mm. this eight week program I was telling you about, I just launching this eight week fitness program, May 18th. So it's just in like a week and a half. Uh, I would say it was only like three days ago. I was like, I'm not doing it. I haven't advertised it. I'm not doing it. And I'm, I can only take 15 to 20 people max just to fit on my screen the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. And literally I was writing my business coach. I was like looking for help. I'm like, I can't. And I couldn't visualize it. I couldn't see it. And I was about to quit. And then I was like, you know what? Just send off this email, send out one post, see what happens. I sold 10 spots my first day and I can only sell 15 to 20. I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> like I knew deep down, I'm like, I could do this and I could sell it out. I know I can, but then I had this doubt where I'm like, it's not worth it. What if no one signs up? Yes. So like, I don't know. So we all have that, but you have to, because I truly believed I knew I could. I finally went for it and I got almost all my signups day one. So again, <laughs> you just got to go for it. Even if you think you're going to fail, it's like, what's the worst? Then I realized I was like, what's the worst going to happen? Maybe three people sign up and worst case, I refund them, try again later. It's like, at least I tried. And then, then I learned what, why did it, why did it fail and try again? But it's what I want to do. So why did I think about quitting? I don't know. But (laughs) thankfully I didn't. Good. Oh, amazing. And tell me a little bit about your course. (laughs) Um, well, yeah, with coaching, I am a contest prep coach for like all categories. Um, but my baby is fitness and I'm realizing that more and more as like the years go on, it's like, this is what I do. And part of me was almost ready to retire competing just to coach. Cause I love it. I just love helping other people and like teaching again, the fundamentals and the basics are what creates the highest level athlete. Um, and I'm trying to teach all the athletes that like going to do a triple backflip is cool and all, but if you can't do the, like the proper run and jump and the simple back walkovers, you're still going to fail in the end. Um, so yeah. What was the question about my course? <laughs> I just I wanted to hear, I just wanted to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you ask me? <laughs> uh, I just said, I, so what's going on with your course? Like, tell me about it. Yeah. Oh, so getting into fitness. Um, so when I watch fitness routines, I don't want to say like I'm picky, but I am. And I'm very big on like knowing that the beginning of your routine needs to be as strong and powerful as the end of your routine. And I know that's part of the score. And it's like really obvious when girls start out powerful and then they purposely put weaker skills at the end or slow down at the end. It's that makes you look weak. That makes you look like you're tiring out. And I'm like, I don't like that. So my form of training, I try to teach people is I never often train my um, routine skills fresh. Like I will to do them perfect, but I'll purposely go for like a two minute sprint and then try to do backflips and then try to do my handstand. Cause that's what it's like on stage. You gotta, you gotta prep for that. Or even if, um, 
proper push-ups. Like I see pro girls doing push-ups and it looks like they're doing half-assed push-ups and their face is hitting the ground. And it's like, well, you're a pro and you're being marked on those things. I want to teach you proper power and proper engagement with the audience. And I can go on forever about this, but I want every athlete to be the truly the best they can. And sometimes I see athletes that could like, they could kick my ass, but there's something missing about their routine. Like there's a link missing. Like they're not telling the story properly. They're not transitioning properly. They're not engaging the audience, but their skill is there. And it's frustrating to me. It's because again, like we were saying earlier, it's like, I beat you. You could have beat me, but something was missing for you. So like, I almost, I want every athlete to be the best so that if I do win, and I coach a lot of fitness girls. I coach, I, com- I coach girls I compete against all the time. So, and it's like, I truly believe, like I want them to be their best and compete against the best. Um, so anyone listening, and if you're in fitness, like I coach you because I want you to beat me. Like I want yeah. you to beat me. I'm not coaching you to like, I'm not going to coach you and like hope that I'm better. No, I want you to be better. Right. Like that's the goal of a champion. Right. So yeah. Anyways, back to that is like, I'm, I'm teaching, um, proper high kicks with straight legs, pointed toes. Cause even that if someone can kick over their head, but their toe isn't pointed, it just naturally looks ugly. It does. Whether you're a gymnast or not, you notice it's ugly and people just forget to do that even though they're pros. So yeah, going back to the fundamentals, strength, power, push-ups, agility, all the basics to make your top skills better. So that's amazing. I I have no idea what I just said there. (laughs) You did. I had goosebumps from head to toe. I was like, oh, Jody, I can't move right now. (laughs) Like it was so great. I cannot wait to hear at the end of your program. I cannot wait to hear how it goes. I can't wait to read testimonials because I just know that it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of bringing technique back to the fitness routines because sometimes people come from cheerleading into fitness and I was a cheerleader. My form was not technical. Like I could do it. I could flip, but I don't know that it was always pretty. And if I, if I went up against a gymnast, like you can just tell everything is calculated and in its spot. And it's, um, I'm really happy to hear that you're bringing this to the bodybuilding industry because I think it's really going to help people even with injuries, with their placing, with their confidence on stage. I think it's going to be just such a well-rounded, amazing program. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it will help your weightlifting too. Cause again, going with form fundamentals, like proper rehab before you start training, if your mobility is improved, your range of motion is then improved and therefore you can increase your muscular strength and endurance. So it all goes hand in hand. <laughs> so. so excited. Oh, I'm so lit up over this. I can't wait for you. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So we went over mindset visualization. Um, one other thing we talked about earlier was social media stuff. So I know before we've kind of been making parallels between gymnastics and bodybuilding, bodybuilding and business. So now when did you um, like start to become kind of a business like entrepreneur and were you always, and now it's just like, Hey, I'm going to really do this. Yeah. Uh, I've always had like side jobs. I was a waitress. I was even a plumber at one point, like just trying to make money. Like I I did everything, but I always coached on the side. Like I always, but it almost happened by accident. It would, people would just email me like, Hey, can you, help me look like you. I was like, sure. And I would just like collect an e-transfer and make a plan. And it wasn't until like, I'd say maybe two years ago, I was like, it was a full-time job, but it was still a hobby to me. And I didn't know that it was becoming a business. And finally now I'm like, okay, it's a real business. I'm doing things properly. Um, I forget the question. 
no, I did it again. <laughs> and I don't even really know if I asked a question, so it might even be my fault. <laughs> oh, God. Where am I taking this? Um, yeah. So business and bodybuilding and like, what is it like to almost like identify now as a coach, as an entrepreneur versus like, Oh, this is a side hustle. Hey, if you want to diet, get, you know, I'll send you a little plan to follow social media, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> now I got it. Remember Instagram. Um, yeah. Transitioning from like athlete to business person, even online in a sense, who this is a big topic with social media. Oh, Hey, with bodybuilding business. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone listening. Let me gather my thoughts. Um, I think with this, it's like so many people start really validating themselves, sadly, these days over how many likes they get, how many followers they have, how many comments they get on their pictures. Um, and it's like shifting identity is a big thing and really, really hard for people. So this even happened to me recently and it's still happening and it's still hard sometimes is like, I went from growing my social media because I was flexing and showing things and people were like, Oh, I like your biceps. And to me, that was like, cool. I'm getting attention. People like my biceps. And then switching over to even just posting more gymnastics or more business stuff for like posting that I want to actually help you or talking about mindset. It's, it was insane and hard at first to see how many people stop following, stop liking, stop commenting because they're, you're not showing them your body as crazy as that sounds. And it's like people validate off. I posted a picture of my abs and I got a thousand likes. And then I posted something about how I'm having a good day and my mindset's great and I want to help you. And all of a sudden I got only 20 likes and it's like, well, it, it really screws people's minds up thinking, well, okay, well then I should be this person posting my body and not this person that's helping people because that's what people are looking for, quote unquote. Um, and that identity shift is huge. It's very, very hard. Um, but I've come to realize finally, like I've lost thousands of followers, but I've also gained hundreds, which isn't the same, but I've lost thousands, gained hundreds, but every for all those hundreds that I have gained, those are people that I'm truly helping their lives. I'm touching them. I'm improving their lives. They watch me because I'm able to help them in one way or another. Right. Whereas like the other people I've lost or the people that are, they've stopped liking, they're just, lo they're just looking at me because they have a bicep fetish or something weird. And, <laughs> and for whatever reason, that is hard to handle at first, but I don't know, you got to be okay with that. You really got to be okay with that. Cause and the other thing too is most of the time somebody that truly likes you and is inspired by you for whatever reason, they're also the ones not liking your picture. They're not the ones commenting. They're not DMing your inbox because they're almost, I don't want to say intimidated, but people that look up to you don't often comment or like, and I, I don't understand why, but I'm guilty of it too. But and then it's the, the worshipers or the haters. They're the ones liking. So sometimes the less likes and less comments, maybe is actually a benefit it is maybe a good thing too so try not to validate yourselves on your likes and comments and i deal with this a lot with all my clients a lot they don't know who they are because of that stuff and it's it's sad <laughs> so that was so helpful for me a lot of people you gotta just yeah. think like yeah a loss of 100 likes and but that one like i don't care if 100 people like my biceps if i'm able to help one person and not show off my biceps. I know I keep using that reference, but that's way better. That's more validating for sure. Yeah. And it feels better for you as the poster, as the person who is 
you know, uh, going in a different direction, like really posting with your heart versus your body. So it's like two, almost two different things. And with Instagram, people don't really like that. Like people are there to look at whatever it is. Um, and it can be really heartbreaking and like somewhat earth shattering. Um, and even just talking about this is really helping me right now. So going from like little monster to light mm -hmm. side, I lost like 20,000 followers, maybe more. And I'm like trying not to let that bother me, <laughs> but because I'm putting a lot of energy forward and I'm really using my heart to like post and to write and to help people and not necessarily my body or my butt um, or my biceps. And then I'm like losing a bunch of followers and like likes and like, but, but I will get a comment in my DMs or I'll have someone reach out to me and they're like, I loved you as little monster, but I love you so much more now. And like, I'm like, Oh, that's all I needed. Like fuck the 20,000 people that left me. You are, that's the one. And people don't know how much little comments like that mean to people like you and I that are posting and like really vulnerable and you have like a substantial following and you're now you're trying to build a business and make money and really help people. Mm -hmm. um, it's like those little comments go so far. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, it's like I mentioned, it's, it's an identity shift, which is hard for people. So you're dealing with that. And, but the funny thing is we're technically not shifting our identity at all. We're just finally brave enough to come forth of who we really are and be vulnerable. Right. So it's, it's hard to actually then see that I'm showing you who I really am and losing followers and likes. Ooh, like that hurts. Like, yeah, that's a stab. It's like, this is who I am, but yet nobody likes me. Whoops. So I'm going to go back to the, the fake me showing my biceps. So, but you got to remember the vulnerability and like the people who truly love you and like the, that are, that you're helping is, that is your identity and just continue with it. And that's, what's going to make you grow in the end. You keep being someone fake or just looking for the likes. There's no purpose behind it. And you're like, what about, what about when we're done bodybuilding? What about when the business, what about retirement? I know that seems crazy because we're young thinking about that, but Hey, I can't show my biceps for years, right? <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah. So, I don't know. Be who you are. Your identity shift isn't actually identity shift. Be brave enough to be who you are and be okay with that. Uh, Easier said than done because I'm still guilty of looking at my likes like, oh, no one likes me. I'm still guilty of it. But it's okay because like you said, that one comment or one DM when it's like, oh, I really needed this today or that really helped me. That's what matters. That's what matters. And that's who you wrote it for. Those are the people that you wrote it for. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So when I went through, when I retired. I don't really want to flex my biceps anymore because I don't really work out my biceps anymore. I do a lot of yoga and I do like stuff outside and shit now, which is great. Like that's fine. Um, but it was a big, huge identity shift. Like I changed my name, changed what I did. And I, I like, I'm still, now I'm starting to come into this new light and be like, wait, I really like who I am. And if you don't like who I am, well, you can just go. Mm -hmm. even though it hurts a little bit, but you know, the people who are leaving, you don't really want following you anyway. And people kind of keep telling me that I think maybe even you told me that it's like, well, the schmoes that want to go and worship somebody else's biceps, they can go over there. And whoever wants to stay and listen and be with my tribe, you can stay and I'm happy to have you. And the ones staying are the ones making you money. And I'm not saying like money's everything, but it's like the purpose, we are building a business and we're building a business to impact people's lives. And I always think yes. like, even my business coaches are the ones that taught me this. It's impact over income. It's like, yes, or is that how they said it? Something like that. It's like, but the more money we're making, the more impact we're giving the world. 
And that, that's hard to accept too sometimes because I'm not money driven whatsoever. And sometimes I'm like, I'll, I'll coach you for free. Like I do a lot of free coaching, but then I forget like that actually undervalues yourself too. It, and I'm, I'm slowly learning that it's like, it's devaluing my own self. Um, but yeah, and the more money we make, the more impact we're giving. And the people that are following us are, are ones we're impacting, therefore making income. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Unless so you're doing good. all the, all the like flexing for money thing, that's a whole other thing and all the power to you guys. But other than that, the actual business side, we don't need, we don't need those likes. We need yes. the impact, impact likes. Yes. And even there's a girl in the conscious champions who was kind of switching from doing the making money, flexing and doing stuff like that. And now she wants to sort of be a coach in a way and do like more mindset stuff. And that's been a huge shift for her because she built her following off of being this one version. Um, and she's like, it's just not my truth anymore. She's like, I don't want to be that person. And it's been, and then you go through all the scary things. Well, what if nobody likes it? What if everybody leaves? What if all these things, um, but you just have to go because your authenticity is more important than any fear that you could possibly have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it could be, you could be helping someone else go through a transition too. Like everyone, everyone's facing identity crisis. Everyone is. So like if you can switch and they stay with you, maybe you can impact them to be brave enough too. Yes. Yes. And I love impact. Over income because me and you are super similar. Like, <laughs> we do a bunch yeah. of shit for free. I think you even, you were like, no, I'm definitely paying you for your course. <laughs> like, you were like, let me. <laughs> yeah, so, I know. I sent, I sent you money and you're like, no, I'm sending it back. No, Danny, keep your money. <laughs> it's so funny, but I do the same thing. Someone's like, can I pay you? I'm like, no. But then I'm like, yeah, I guess you should be paying me. But it's just, like you said, we like the impact more than the money. But the more money we're making, the more impact we're giving. So, we got to shift our own mindsets that way too. Yes. And we're allowed to give. And what's funny is knowing your worth and your value as an athlete, what you can do physically is almost like no stress. It's like, I got that. I can get that skill. Like I, I have total faith. I can get to that show. Um, but then when it comes to business and making money, it's like a whole new limiting belief, whole new, whole, all new fears come up and it's just insane. And I wonder how we could start to get almost like that awesome athlete that we know we are into the business side of things. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm working on that a lot. Like I have business coaches. I have mindset coaches. I have a lot of coaches and I believe everyone should have coaches. Um, just hold you accountable and just, again, keep growing. But what was it? I lost it again. <laughs> I'm awful. What did so you did say? I. I we I suck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Like your self-worth as an athlete. And I realized this, like when I started doing yoga and I'm like, all right, I could do handstands. Like I can get that. I have no problem, even though I'm not super flexible, like I can get there. Yeah. But with the business, it's almost even hard for me to visualize what the top yeah. of that looks like. Like what does the Olympia of business even look like? Yeah. That, and that's what my business coaches are saying too. And my mindset coach is like, well, I can envision my entire 20 week prep from week 20 down to peak week. I can visualize it. I can see the future and business. I'm like, I don't know what's tomorrow. <laughs> like I don't, I can't see it. So I'm really, really working on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a hard one to switch over to, but we're trying, right? <laughs> we're trying. There was there was a time where like you were doing your first fitness show, and there was a time where like we didn't have it all figured out yet. We didn't have the prep dialed in or the routine dialed in. But guess what? Twenty twenty five shows later, you're teaching people. 
how yeah. to do what you do. So we're at, we're at like our second show. <laughs> we're like figuring it out. Exactly. Um, so speaking about your coaches, what are some of the lessons that you can take away from even like your mindset coach? Um, like what's been really helpful for you? Self-talk. Oh, anyways, anyone wanting to know it's Brenda Johnson. Brenda okay. Johnson. She is like my hero. Just taught, taught me so much. Does hypnosis, NLP stuff. And it's just like a lot of self-talk and understanding your subconscious mind. And once I learned about the power of the subconscious mind, I think like everything changed. I've always been extremely mentally strong, but when I realized the way you talk to yourself and the storytelling, it's just insane. It's like, how often are you in the shower? Do you even realize the stories you're telling yourself? Like I used to just be like, almost and I, I hate to even admit that, but it was always weird, negative things like, oh, I didn't put the dishes away. So now my mom or Sean or someone's going to be mad at me. But if they get mad at me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say this and have an excuse and I'm creating these crazy scenarios. Everyone does this just so you know, but I'm creating a scenario and I'm, I'm, I'm predicting the future conversations and they're always in like defense mode. And it's like, well, why am I doing that? Like, why am I creating a negative story before it even happens when it's like, let things happen as they come. So she taught me so much of like, if I see myself storytelling, just cut it off, cut off the story and start something fresh. Start, start visualizing, not storytelling. There's a big difference. If you guys really start to like in your silence, you're never silent. Nobody is ever silent. You're always telling a story. See if you can actually not tell stories, but visualize, create, stop telling a story, create. And that's, that was like a huge game changer for me. It's like, and I still storytell, but I catch it. I'm able to catch it now. It's like, hey, stop doing that. Create what I want, not create what might happen, right? So yeah, self-talking, self-storytelling. Wow, that's so good. And it's such a practice, isn't it? Like you have to be up here. You have to be the observer that sees all the negative thought patterns and sees the positive ones and catches yourself. And sometimes the, the most important thing I think is the awareness of it, because then you don't let that story drag you down into the scenarios, into the aftermath, into the everything. If you can learn to stop yourself, eventually that gap will get smaller and smaller. And maybe there won't be as much or any storytelling mm -hmm. that are negative. Yeah. Brenda's, Brenda's famous line. And <laughs> she'd just be like, when you hear those voices, she's like, thanks for your opinion, but you can go now. <laughs> and then she just like shuts up the voice and starts talking to a different voice. I appreciate your opinion, but go away now. And like, <laughs> which is over. And like, is that, that just like stuck in my head. It's kind of funny. So <laughs> God, that's so great. And we could use that too, like even getting ready for competitions when you're like having doubts and you're like, oh my gosh, what if this competitor shows up? And you're like, thank you go now. And then you, and, and it's like, even in just the, the awareness and the stopping is where you win. Mm -hmm. Yep. As soon as you can like shut it up, it's hard. It's really hard to shut it up because you believe what you're telling yourself. It's like a true story. Like you're telling the story for a reason. So I'm going to keep telling the story. No, you're not. You're just, you're, <laughs> you just like storytelling. It's really hard to shut off, but I'm, I'm finally mastering it. It's taken years. I've been working with her while now it takes a long time but I've mastered it like I can shut it up like, shut up <laughs> yeah I talk to myself <laughs> good yeah um it reminds me of meditating so you know how like with meditating you'll trail off into a thought and then shut it off and come back to your breath or it's it's the the going and the coming back is that's the practice of meditating um and then it's even the practice of the self-talk it's like the letting it go that way and then coming back to the moment Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Exactly like that. And I used to not believe in meditating. I thought it was the stupidest thing. I've only just started not even 
maybe a year and a half ago. Okay. It's crazy. Even that alone has changed my life. Like it's crazy. I can look back and I've always been a strong, good person. I'm a good person, <laughs> but it's just like when you finally get the mindset switches and stop storytelling and start creating, be a visionary. It's like your life will change. It's worth it. It's worth it. And to meditate. Is- I mean, meditate. Oh my God. Meditation has been paramount for me. Like, it's just, it's what I preach. I'd love to teach it. I love to get certified and go to seminars and do like, I'm freaking in and I'm sold. And what's amazing is I was doing it when I was bodybuilding. This bodybuilding was like my teacher, my spiritual connection. I was doing it then to win. I was doing it for a purpose. And now without a show or without any, like I I have business stuff going on now, but it's more so like just for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the meditation has been for me. You know how good I sleep now that I meditate? Oh my gosh. I just like meditate my way to bed. I'm like, good night. And off I go. (laughs) Do you do, what's your meditation and visualization routine look like? I have to, I listen to tapes. I actually have Brenda make me customized tapes and she like talks to me. I put headphones on and she talks to me. And usually by the time I fall asleep, it's then when she's telling me certain things that then get plugged into your subconscious mind. And it's brilliant. Again, I thought it was like woo woo and stupid at first and I just gave it a chance. And now it's like, I can't sleep. Like, I love it. I sleep so good. It's just because your mind wanders at night and your brain and your story, your storytelling continues throughout the entire night into your morning, whatever you're thinking about at night. Sometimes you may not realize it, but it's true. So now that I actually like shut my brain off and listened to all the positives and it could just be like her saying oh visualize you're walking through the sand on a beach and now you're laying on a chair and you can feel the sunlight on your chest now you can feel the sunlight on your toes and like I literally can feel it and it's a practice too because now you're learning to visualize and feel and smell so she'll even say now now you can smell the burning hamburgers and it's like I literally can smell it so you're learning how to visualize and put yourself in a hypnosis state and then once you're in like that deep state and you're visualizing and you're so relaxed you just pass out you're just out out cold (laughs) but the fun part is when you're like the voices you're hearing and the talking is still going in your mind like it's an extra strong so your subconscious mind's collecting it all and so that's what i do i love it (laughs) that's amazing She's great. <laughs> yeah, she is. And she has a podcast, right? You sent me yeah. one of her things. Okay. So if anybody listening, if you want to find Brenda Johnson, Brenda, wait, Johnson? Yep. Brenda Johnson. Bre- and her podcast is the Limitless Life podcast. It's awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to listen to that. Yeah, you <sighs> connect because you guys got very similar like mindset. She teaches, but you, you have the mindset and that she teaches. <laughs> oh cool. my gosh. I would love to even just learn and be a sponge and just hearing some of the things that she's implemented for you, I think would be so just helpful. And I'm just like in this sponge mode. Like I want to be a really good mindset coach. I want to just like help people live happier, better lives. Mm-hmm. So I want to get me some Brandon Johnson. Oh yeah. Well, her yeah. main thing is she's actually a money mindset coach. She teaches how to create self-worth, but like I do a lot of other things with her because self-worth is like, it is bodybuilding. It is believing you can win. It is all the stuff. So I work with her on all that, but she's actually a money mindset coach, which is crazy how many people don't believe they're worth what they're making or worth what they should charge. It's big. It's huge. Especially through COVID. My money mindset was like plummeting. I was giving away everything for free and I was like discounting everything. And I was just not, not even invoicing people. Cause I'm like, nobody can afford it. Well, in the end, that's kind of not my, my problem. As much as I want to help, it's like I still need to, I don't know, we still need to know we're worth the paycheck. That's all. 
Yes, that has been, that is the thing that has been loud and clear for me lately is self-worth. And I have a low self-worth. Like I just, I give stuff away for free. I do discounts. Um, but it's like building up that self-worth out of competing now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, it's like, I'm starting all over with like who I am and what I do and what I'm building. So um, it's actually, it's kind of reassuring to know that I'm not alone in that. Mm-mm, not at all. Because nobody talks about things. Nobody admits when they're low. That's the other social media thing is like, we look at everyone and like, oh, they're doing so great. Well, like, they're not telling you when they're crying and they're not telling you. I had a huge talk with my athletes about this. It's like, they're, the one girl told me like after a Zoom call to me, she was doing amazing. I'm like, she's doing so good. Her mindset, like she's super happy. And then she texts me. She's like, oh, I'm laying on the ground crying right now because everyone's better than me. And I don't like, like, what? It's like social media is like, it's such a liar. It's such a liar. And a lot of people, even me included, sometimes the people you're looking up to are actually pre-posting things. So I could be like, oh, today I'm doing this and I'm posting a video of my back workout and I'm, I'm having a great at-home workout right now. It's like, no, I filmed that five days ago and I've been lazy ever since. Like I did that. I took an entire week off, off. And I ate, I ate junk. I had some glasses of wine. This is recent. This just happened. But I still post it every day. Like, ee. Not that I'm being fake. I'm not being fake, but I'm just, I'm still like, I mean, I'm not admitting that I'm not working out, but doesn't mean I'm being perfect every day. And that's, that's, that's social media. So yeah, that is social media. (sighs) Well, is there any other like mindset or any other like tips that we didn't talk about that you have up your sleeve? Hmm. I think we covered a lot. I'd say just remember that motivation isn't a real thing. Like, of course, you're going to have motivation days, but just be disciplined and always just go back to your why. And I don't know, because there's like, I think even me as a top athlete, I'm only motivated 50% of the time, really, but I'm motivated to be disciplined. So (laughs) use that too. Like be just, I don't know, don't stop looking for motivation or inspiration or whatever, because it's not always there. Just do, do your why. Do your why, be disciplined, and go for it. <laughs> discipline is huge. My favorite quote is discipline is freedom. Yeah. And I think about competing so much because when you're like, even like thinking, oh, can I have a bite of this? Like you're automatically in an internal battle with yourself. Can I have this? Should I have, oh, I'm just going to have a bite and throw the rest, rest away. It's like, no, your discipline actually, if you're being disciplined, says that's no. And it's, for me, that's like, that sounds like freedom in my head to not have that battle at the candy aisle in the freaking grocery store <laughs> or to, or to just like go do the cardio. Yeah. Don't put it off. Just go do the cardio. And now you have, it's almost like you're free from your own mind when you're disciplined. Isn't it crazy how we rationalize everything? I'm like, okay, I will extra three rice cakes and it's because of this. Like there's no reason, but we find a reason. It's so stupid. Just <laughs> I'll make up for it. Or it's like, I deserve it. It's like, no, you don't. That's just your weird, stupid voice wanting it. Like, get rid. Thanks for your opinion. You can go now. <laughs> I'm going to go to cardio. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> can I swear here? Ooh, anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm a sailor. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm wearing black. I got the biggest pit stains right now. Oh my anyway, God. I'm sweating. <laughs> So Jody, where can people find you? You can find me at Jody Bohm on Instagram or Jody at Kaboom.com for my email or Facebook. Same. Just Jody Bohm. I'm Jody Bohm. I don't have fake names. 
I'll say that again. Jody Boehm, everybody. And that's J-O-D-I-B-O-A-M. There we go. <laughs> oh, I love it. Awesome. Jody, thank you so much for no your problem. time, for your energy, for your input, for your friendship. Um, I'm super happy to have done this episode with you and super happy that we're even more connected now than when I was competing. So grateful for you. Awesome. <laughs> I'm glad I was brave enough to say hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, come here. We're friends. (laughs) I know. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, Thank you so much for joining the light side and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.